Yay. Yay. I'm recording. All right. If he's drinking, I'm drinking. Good plan. We're not going to stop you unless you open a fresh bottle of tequila. Then we say. No. I, I've got to get at least halfway through the friend. show before I start doing that. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> it, it goes sideways really, really well, It quickly. went sideways at, at, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard day. I don't apologize. Hmm. Mm. All right, are we all prepared? Yes. Beverages yeah. asunder? I don't know what asunder means. I mean, I know what it means. I just don't think I used the right word. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, not even close. We're judge. It's not the first or last time. No. Oh, welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball called culture. It doesn't matter what kind of Lemma Champ or Lucky Track Dog League you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate. As long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of amateur endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough and Chrissy gives us just the tip, we are sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. Turn the music off. Thank you. It's, okay. It's going down. It's and fading. I, it's called a fade. I'm mental. And this time we're everyone racers. Thank you for coming back and listening to a Satan's Kitten episode of our podcast. It's episode 191. VF-191 is a U.S. Navy fighter squadron that fought in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. They were also, they were known as the Satan's Kittens. If you're not driving, grab your E10 bingo card. Get this. Jeff updated the bingo card. That's right. Which means I need to open a bingo card so we can see what we got. Uh, All right. Let's move right along because we've got a lot to talk about today. What you working on, Jeff? Uh, So uh, it was uh, another week with a bachelor dad. So I had a lot of not time to work on cars and things. But I did mow the lawn, uh, changed the oil in the Mazda 3, and cleaned the headlights for the sale prep. I see this. And let me tell you. There is nothing more fantastic than polishing a pair of shitty headlights. I know so much. I did I two put... layers on the uh, on my Mazda. Oh, no, it no, hold like... up. Before you do that, Jeff, because you put them in the show notes, do the uh, sh- sh- screen sharing. Oh, Enable screen sharing. And this I'll describe pod- it for our <laughs> podcast listeners. Podcast. I, I don't even have with, it up on my thing. It started with shitty looking headlights. It ended up with clear headlights. Yeah, basically. <laughs> put green tape around it to not mar the paint. I can't even believe it that Jeff would do such a thing. Wow. Yeah. So whoever so there buys you go. this car in typical Jeff fashion, you're going to spend more money than you're going to get for it, getting it ready for someone to buy. It's, it's a bit true. You're, you're this still is, not enabling not quite machines. as much. I, I know I'm, I have to open it. I didn't even have it open. Oh, well, <laughs> everyone gets the idea. It's, 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 I, I described it to such an incredible standard that everyone will understand. He's not wrong. Yeah. There. Does anyone care? There they are. Okay. There Free we go. and post polish. My description was accurate. It was. It there was. you go. Thanks. Great. Thanks. We, we only do that because we have a guest and their podcast is much more visually interesting than ours. It's better in or every way. Or topically <laughs> interesting, conversationally interesting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you why don't, don't you don't stop? Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, while while we're vamping, why don't you tell us what you were working on? 
I uh, stripped out and started and sanded the boat oh. in prep for repaint number two on three quarters of a hull. And I did the stripping. I did some of the sanding. Chrissy will talk about how much she helped with other stuff, which is great. Um, but for those of you who were not here for the saga that was last year when we did this, uh, I will tell you right now, do not decide that restoring old boats is a good hobby. It is not. It is a terrible hobby. Don't when you do have it. other hobbies, if that's all you have to do in life and that's all you want to do. If you're like a retired guy who doesn't want to sit thinking. around yeah. and talk to your wife, completely. Maybe a well, good then hobby. Get a, then get a wooden boat, like a 30s Chris Craft or something. That's great. You'll never see your wife again. Um, but this is a 1982 Boston Whaler, 17-foot Montauk. It's been in my family for 30 years, and we decided to uh, redo it and got most of the way through it last year and it was a brutal, brutal job and we did not finish it because it was July and we wanted to, you know, use it. So put it back together unfinished and are now have stripped it all back apart to do it properly. We were also and, uh, considering suicide. So um, I, yeah, we just, there was a trigger warning as soon as suicide, we sat in the boat. Sandawala. Uh, but it, it is also worth mentioning to uh, maybe some of our newer listeners that you guys got married in that boat. So it is, it, it has, well, heritage not really in the boat but you you uh, arrived in the boat it was a wonderful sure. sunset picture as the boat arrived you guys were there in your wedding clothes and then walked along the beach it was awesome here i thought the provenance was that i got it when i was 12 and that boat and i have been through a lot of adventures together including but, getting married your greatest adventure yeah. ever we're really trying to help you here chris i don't need that don't help. don't lie <laughs> <laughs> is is getting is getting a boat from your family is that essentially like a reverse inheritance like like yes. instead of here's a thing that's going to make your life better. Here's a thing that is going to like, you know, you're going to have to send your life around this now. Yes. Well, I've, yes. I've been, the, I've been doing that though for the last 15 years anyway, like no one else uses it. No one else touches it. No one else maintains it. So finally my dad's like, all right, here's a title. Just here you go. I've been there and doing the same thing right next yeah. to you for the last 13. So exactly. Just saying. Reverse inheritance is going into my daily vernacular. Uh, well, and your nephew will probably learn how to drive that boat. Who knows? We'll see. Not sure if it's anyway. going to be around that long. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust him that much right now. <laughs> not not near anything. That's for sure. I mean, he's one. <laughs> so yeah. he's... that was a pause that said that little shit's not going anywhere near this boat. Mm. He's got to prove himself first. Anyway, well, he likes to poop his pants and chew at this point so there's not a whole lot of so he's perfect for a boat absolutely that's exactly the kind of decision making but he doesn't like to get dirty so i'm pretty sure i don't think he's gonna like that (laughs) gotta work on it first uh chrissy do you want to you want to keep going describe oh yeah i've been been doing it's pretty much the same thing pretty much uh sanding whaler oh i had a local um yeah, we had a uh, local fundraiser this weekend, which was great because everybody is dying to get outside these days. So I was out uh, just down the street from our house. We had a, it was a duck derby. So we everybody bought ducks and we floated them down the creek and whoever's duck came across first won a whole bunch of, oh, excuse me, um, had a whole bunch of, uh, got some money. And uh, we sold out of ducks, so 999 ducks went down the river, which is pretty awesome. And uh, didn't get one more. No, we started at it's one a perfect and number. Got nine, nine. So they come in like we have them to, ha- you know, packs of a hundred. So they lose no. a few over the years too. But, no, we add them know. back. <laughs> yes, mental. I'd forgotten until I read that when I edited the show notes how much I used to enjoy hearing about that because you didn't do them last year. 
We and did you, it last year. We just Parks didn't. Parks and Rec uh, committee. Oh, well, this is actually now. Now the it has gone to the library. So I'm, I'm not no longer in Parks and Rec. I'm part of the library. I'm on my local library board, and we actually run that event now. So, um, so yeah, it's a lot of work. Long day. Scooty got a workout. Uh, it was awesome because they shut the whole street down because there's performers and, and all kinds of people walking around. So the only motorized thing that was going back and forth was Scooty. So we I had to go back up to the library about six or seven times. And I came home twice because I was just like, well, this is, it's three, three more blocks. I might as well just try. So we just lost Jeff. We just we lost, lost Jeff. Jeff. All right. Okay, well, it's a good thing that you're recording because uh, absolutely, there we uh, go. Anyway, so that was Saturday. It was long, long day, and um, yeah, been working on the boat. So that's what I'm doing. Um, mental. Do you want to talk about what you're doing? Uh, I'm I'm quasi done traveling now, but I've been traveling a whole lot. Uh, but I'm actually home this weekend. Uh, uh, to wit, Vicky has reminded me I still haven't finished the roof. Got some work done on that yesterday, and I started my new job as uh, my high school stubbly beard is uh, indicating. I, I do want to thank Uncle Dave for stepping in last week. I apologize for that last minute nature. It was just no way I was going to get everything done. I needed done. So I also realized the mistake in that is that my position on this show is tenuous at best because Dave did a great job. I appreciate that one. Uh, but one of the folks I got to spend this past weekend with racing is the Ian Peterson, uh, one of Jeff's new favorite liberal snowflakes. <laughs> I didn't type that. And half of the uh, Apex Adjacent podcast. So Ian, why don't you tell us what you've been working on? Hello. Um, I was working on um, not dying this weekend um, in my family's race car, uh, which is also sort of a reverse inheritance. It's a- <laughs> It's a 1987 Maserati by Turbo, so uh, sort of the sort of a similar situation as the boat. Um, but yeah, it was great. We I we I drove out to Oklahoma and Mental flew in and uh, we met and then we were teammates for the weekend. So it was great. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. I think. Mm-hmm. We sure are. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> oh, can you I'm, hear us? I'm sorry. I should yeah. also mention that I'm not alone. Yes. <laughs> You're going to have to unblur it a little bit because it, it, I think it sees the green as a green screen. <laughs> this is Big Spoon. And uh, Mental and I, Mental and I worked very hard on him. This is Big Spoon. Oh, he's cute. Oh, we have to explain who he is or what he is because our listener people don't know what you're yes, talking about. So uh, Big Spoon, for anyone who's not watching on the YouTube, is uh, is uh, a green um, collection of padding from a from a bunch of uh, uh, flotation devices, three flotation devices, three uh, things, and uh, duct tape together to make me a pad so I could uh, see out of the race car. And like, no way! You just sat on this guy's lap. That's why it's called Big Spoon. spoon. This is the cutest. Thing. Does it you have legs? I, I missed the bottom. Let me see the bottom. Yeah, he's got, he's oh, okay. Because we had to be able to get the anti-submarine belt through. Yep. Yeah, that's the, amazing. That's where the poop goes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Maserati, so yeah. I drove in the rain, so that's where the poop. <laughs> okay. there was a lot of poop, and it was Oklahoma rain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, me and Big Spoon, we uh, we made it through. <laughs> Excellent. So nice. Uh, Jeff, you back? That's fantastic. Can you hear? I am back. And you? I can okay. hear. Good. 
So I am wi fiing can... off my phone because my Wi-Fi disappeared in my house. Hey, that's so, on the bingo any minute, thing. At, at any minute, the, <laughs> yeah. it is. It is. At any minute, the twelve-year-old is going to kick down the door and be like, "Daddy, fix the internet. TikTok's not working." <laughs> Where are we at? Are yeah. we at news and notes? News and notes. We are yeah. at news and notes. News and notes time. In, in uh, breaking news, Jeff is really glad that Mental's recording this night's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Uncle Joe is a car guy. Um, I don't know if you know this, but our president, the president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, uh, his father managed a car dealership most of his life. Uh, he famously owns, but cannot drive because sitting presidents are not allowed to drive. A any, any president. Any, yeah, any and Oh, past presidents too. Yeah, uh, can never drive again. A 1967 327 Greenwood Green Corvette convertible. Uh, or no, it's a hard top. Excuse me. Well, it seems that President Joe Biden was touring the touring Ford's Rogue Electric Vehicle Center on Tuesday. He gave a speech and then they went out to the test pad and totally unplanned. He somehow convinced them to let him test drive the unreleased electric F-150, which is known as the Lightning. Uh, he blasted around the giant paved testing area, including a couple of acceleration tests. And he came back and he said, and I quote, this sucker's pretty quick. Uh, and then he said, he looked at an engineer and he said, I'm guessing this thing has a zero to 60, about 4.3 seconds to which a Ford employee said 4.4. Oh, wait, I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> so he walked it back and he said, it's not official. Uh, but yes, his butt odometer is within a 10th zero to 60. So good for freaking Joe. Uh, he then dodged a question about Israel and did another launch to 80. Video so from C-SPAN is in the show notes. Go ahead, Ian. Did you guys see the insane thing that uh, there's a conspiracy theory out there that he wasn't driving the car? Fascinating you brought that up because that's next in the news and notes because it made, quote, even the right-wing nut jobs come out of the work who claimed it had two steering wheels and that the president didn't drive. And genuinely, uh, one of our favorites, Jason Torchensky, said, shut up. Uh, it, you know, Torchensky's been a lemons judge. He actually came down to CMP, camped out with us that time when the boat blew up. We had uh, Pantless Matt back in 2015. And... Yeah, so there's just this whole big ridiculous thing. And that's the best conspiracy theory you can come up with. I mean, prior the same to that, people was, that came up with Hillary Clinton and leading a satanic sex cult in a Brooklyn pizza shop, the best they come up with is two steering wheels. That, really? that's, that's what you seriously Where's the creativity, about, people? Where's about, the creativity? Did you use up your one good idea? Using the wireless controls yeah. and the F 150 to because they want us all to be slaves to toil away in their salt mines or something. I mean, two nope. steering wheels, that's your conspiracy theory? Out of they, ideas. Hello, hey, Newsday. Out of curiosity, what website does Jason Torjinski write for? Uh, it was on Jalopnik. Oh, okay. Thank you. Click. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's doing. By the well way, played. if you well prompt it, you're not allowed to check it off your your bingo card. Well, I don't know. It it worked. So apparently. <laughs> Do we all have this? I can't reset my card. Do we all have the same card? I have, no, because I don't I have, have number uh, nine. I don't oh, like okay. 20. He was just Good. I have 27, but I, I can't. I, when yeah. I tried to open it again, I it won't let me. A card. 
open oh, another wow. one. Anyway, okay, it's my turn. F1 is going to Monaco. Woo! Uh, join us in our F1 fantasy yes. league. Well, don't join us because I don't even know that you can join us. But since we took this from our friends at Apex Jason podcast, and since Ian's here, and we typically uh, and typically can be seen on the YouTube with a, with a rocks glass, be honest. Is a- are you Apex Jason Whiskey Faction? Yes. Yes, that is me. Yes. And you are I, second in the league. I, yeah, I joined it today. Um, <laughs> Because I realized I was, I, yeah, I went back to li- I was listening to one of your shows on thing, and I realized that oh, there's a link. Uh, th- you had a link in the show notes, and so I joined it today. How can you? And be he's in second place. Second, well, because, well, because he's been playing in his because you've been playing. So his yeah. points oh, transfer. That's not that. Oh well, yeah. can we kick you out? No, I'm just. Kidding. I also <laughs> realized that there's a league of leagues, and yes, it turns out I found this out today. I didn't know that this existed before today. Uh, clearly I was procrastinating at work and I, uh, I was clicking around. There's a league of leagues. So you compete, your league competes against all the other leagues and our league apex adjacent is ranked 22nd in the world. What? Wow. That's crazy. We're very good at it. I guess I should join your league. Well, I also noticed what place are you in your league? That's 12. Oh, we would not be very good. (laughs) I also noticed that you have a lot of people in your league that paid to be part of the extra five what? million dollars and extra trades clubs. None of you us did? have done that. I did. Here's the thing. I'm not good at it because I <laughs> I'm I, sorry, did you see where Jeff and Mental sit on our list? Well, but oh. I have five million extra dollars to play with. Oh. That's so true. my team is pretty good. My team is good. I have a good team. I like spread out my risk. I, I do the whole thing. But when it comes to predictions, I'm terrible because I go in there, I set it and I have great predictions. And then I go in there again (gasps) and again and again. And I keep (laughs) till quality three. No, I think I'm like, I have like weather maps pulled up and like past performance at the track. And like, I'm doing all these sorts of calculations when really I just need to be like, well, Lewis is going to win. Lewis, somewhere between Lewis, Lewis Bottas and, no, yeah, Lewis. and, 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 and it, it, it should—he's going to take Paul Bottas. Yeah, go ahead. It should be mentioned. Everyone on his show already knows this, but everyone on our show—if you're not listening to Apex Adjacent, you really should. Uh, his partner Dave literally looks up last year's results for the same race, puts that in, and routinely beats him. Yeah, oh, that, that's Has a lot been, easier than weather maps and stuff. Hasn't never watched an entire F1 race. Oh, oh no. Come on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, don't forget to do your picks ASAP because Monaco's schedule is a little different with different with practice on Thursday. Uh, Quali's still on Saturday. So watch the race. And thanks for joining our league, I guess. Now we're all Not now. Chris is what in third or something. <laughs> oh, well, still better than 12th. <laughs> and whatever you guys are in. Yep. I actually uh, fixed my lineup and I actually did predictions. So I suspect I'll get better. It's, it's not a guarantee, Jeff. I'll just let you know that right now. No. Only way I mean, up. Monaco's pretty easy, right? Because it's like whoever is on pole is going to win. Yeah. 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 Top 10. All right. All right. Hey, a superstar racer and the only female ever to win a Trans Am TA2, Michelle Abate, announced on her Instagram that she will make her NASCAR debut this weekend at Circuit of the Americas in the number 30 Skoshenik, I don't know what that is, Toyota Tundra. Great 
great name people when, when everyone can tell exactly what your business is when your name you, you're doing it well um, a business graduate from the university of nevada las vegas abate started racing college and has shown a great deal of talent and hustle her instagram is worth a follow if you're into that kind of thing looking forward to seeing a race from her this weekend but yay women in motorsports also new on the bingo card women in motorsports oh excellent oh not on mine but fine no, no, no. i don't have it yeah, yeah. no it's good to have choices though <laughs> okay. that's right upcoming races uh champ car is running there saline's champ yard dog at the Glen. that's a hard one to say champ yard dog at the Glen. At, of course, Watkins Glen this weekend, there will be 96 cars. 33 of them will be BMWs. Boring. Boring. 23 Miatas, 7 Hondas, 8 Porsches, and a 71 Opel GT. Hell yeah. yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. What, what kind of motors in an Opel GT? Hey, Opel, I know it's an Opel, one, but 1. like 1.9 1. liter four-cylinder. Yeah, yeah 1.9 It's not usually. like It's not like a... Like a like a Japanese Suzu and anything. No, no, no it's, it's old school German. Opal. Yeah. German. People good. swap all kinds of junk into those things. Yeah. yeah this one's actually done up like they call it the bread van. It's done up like the Ferrari 250 GT bread van. Nice. Oh, that has, that definitely has a swap of some sort. And I don't remember which one it is though. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a Ford 2.3 or something like that. I think you're right. Yeah. I actually, I, as I you was, say that it's coming back to me. I was at a fogey car show recently with the boy scouts. We were working the parking lot and someone had a Manta. Wait, you and I went, Manta, Manta. And he was, everyone around me was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> that is probably said cool that anyway. Car. See the, the connotation of working the parking lot. It, it really depends I, on the group I, you're I in when it's, when it's the boy scouts. You know, <laughs> different, different Community service. <laughs> Somebody had to help them park the cars. Uh, Never mind. That's isn't going that, to the notes. Is it working Jeff, the parking lot at boy scout events? How you got community service in the first yes. place? Yes. <laughs> how the judge gave it to me. You got to quit working the parking lot. The Boy um, Scouts. Yeah. I'm hanging up now because I'm not. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Also, don't forget this weekend is the Concourse de Le Mans this Saturday uh, in conjunction with the Emile Island Concourse. If you don't live in Florida or you're not down that area, you absolutely should watch that on the 24 Hours of Lemons Instagram. Donnie will be glad that you it? mentioned the right state. Mm-hmm. Is that the only way to watch it? Or you could go in person. Okay, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, it's not going to be like a live and... broadcast, but I imagine cool. they'll uh, they'll post up the results or some of the more interesting cars. Cool. Okay, this weekend is also the first of three Lucky Dog Carolina Cup events. The Southern Dog Delight is Saturday and Sunday at Carolina Carolina Motorsports Park. Good luck to uh, all the racers. Don't forget, this is one of three Southern races for Lucky Dog uh, with a race to follow at Charlotte next, and then a CMP back in August. Do we know anybody who's running that? I just figured we would know somebody. I, I I neglected to email their race director, so I don't have an entry list. That's but fine. I would. We I don't would usually get one anyway. Done if we don't. Well, they they so they got a new one, and she actually sent us the first two races uh-huh. uh, ahead of time. Uh, you know, and you know, because Kathy's busy doing Kathy stuff. That's and, as she uh, should. And so their their new uh, their new kind of you know manager is uh is, she's really good i just failed to email her As recent so. results champ car was at hallett 
in Oklahoma this weekend. Saturday, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Saturday was an eight-hour race. This is you, Ian. Sorry, we'll see you, Ian. It's Brown. (laughs) Oh, it's Brown. Uh, First, he's like, uh huh. Yep. uh, So first was the number nine nine eight Wheels America Racing in a Miata. Uh, Second was Looney Tunes Racing. um, Five laps back and an '89 Mustang that was stupid fast. And uh, third was Night Fury Racing in their Celica. Uh, They were two laps back from them. Um, And then we, Dead Pedal Racing, we were in uh, Maserati by Turbo because we're dumb. And uh, we were ninth overall and second in D-Class behind that uh, Fox Body Mustang. Ninth overall is pretty good. Ninth overall is awesome. And we were also, we were off track for about 30 minutes. And we'll talk about that in a bit. So Sunday, the rain came and the whole story changed. Siamo Tutore Piloti absolutely dominated in their 94 Miata. They were six laps ahead of us. We were second overall, first in class. And third was Texas Thunder, three laps behind us in another Miata. And yes, they're wearing those. I, 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 I have a Siamo them. 2D yeah. Peloti. I well, thought you were about to do a shoey in our honor, <laughs> is what I thought was about to happen. I was about to get really excited. I, I would have yeah, to congratulate him at the end of the race. Uh, he just doesn't they, want they Diet Fago in his shoe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but all three of them, very Italian. I like they like like Peter Peter Griffin, family guy Bobbidi Italian. Bobbidi. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, Bobby Boopy, you 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 drove a good race. He's a, he's a good race with you. Yeah, that's a spice and miata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're they were good guys and they earned it. It was well done. All right, listener feedback time. Uh, Dan Gila, the Gila monster, wrote in uh, and sent a bunch of screenshots where he was paging through the conversation he was having with us on our social media, telling us uh, like two years ago that we should move to swapping coolers and what his setup looked like. And it looks exactly like the setup that we just built that Chris swears he stole from Hamsa. And now Dan's like, but that was me. I told y'all. I said, look, you just have to know if you're talking to us in our social media, it's not Chris. Chris is not on any of our social media. He knows Uh nothing. So probably Uh mental had the conversation and yeah, we didn't know it. But anyway, he said, that was my idea. It's everybody's idea. We're okay. (laughs) I never claimed it was my idea. I knew I I heard it somewhere. Ian, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot about the (laughs) hands. No, it's okay. I'm only used used to interrupting one person. So this is. (laughs) Um, I have been laying awake at night since I got back from Oklahoma thinking about my cool uh, uh, shirt cooler thing, whatever idea, which is um, to take like silicone, you can get custom silicon ice molds. And so to make it almost like a tall boy shape of ice. And so there's be tubes like this, like tall boys, like the length of the cooler with a handle and like six of them, like in big tubes, and then you just dunk that whole frozen thing in into the water. That's not a bad idea. Wow. Yeah. That's you just have to have a way to refreeze. That's yeah. how I was thinking. Right. Or, or have thing. like you a six cooler, of them. You need a freezer at the track. That's the only bad thing. Mm-hmm. Or dry ice. Right. Some friends of ours use dry ice. It's expensive though. Because yeah. we kept never... we get stuff like stuck in the pump, you know. Mm. Yeah, I never claimed that to be my idea. I knew it came from somewhere. I didn't know where it was. So, hey, you know what? Thanks, Dan. Great. 
appreciate it. Just try to stay claim of it. You're just like, fine. Then you claim. I, I think on the show you said it's the way Hamsa set it up. No, it's the same pump Hamza has. That's, That's what you said. Uh, okay. Same pump. You're right. Same pump. That's why I knew the pump would work. Dan, well, Dan and thanks for the tip. are not that far apart as far as both of them are engineer types, super smart, do, you know, just drive uh, trains. Hamza, yeah. Hamza does it creepy government style and Hamza and uh, Gilas does it sell out corporate OEM style. Okay. Let's move on. Greg O'Brien from Cheesebolt Enterprises uh, chimed in on the YouTubes with great tips from these or with great tips. These last pod, two podcasts. I listen only when mowing the lawn. So I'm officially listening. It's in listening season again. All right. Cameron Lopez dropped into the Facebook, posted a couple pictures of us and uh, their team, Battlescarred Motorsports at Hallett, linked a DIY, DIY article on making your own arrow from professionalawesome.com. He also did some really cool 3D printing stuff, gave us a little adapter to make a race car lollipop and uh, sent us plans to make a 3D business card sized F35 model. So you can have all of that stuff. And we will absolutely be using that research for future mods on the podcast. Oh, Great. never mind. Thanks. I see what Thanks I, I see what I did there. I'm sorry. I no, miss... no worries. All right. So Metzl, how about some listener feedback from you? Cause you were a listener. I think maybe for the it's like first or second time that you haven't <laughs> been here. So, I mean, the feedback goes both ways. It's always a gift until it's not. So, <laughs> Uh, obviously Dave did a great job, especially for stepping in literally at the last minute. I think I texted you two hours before recording time that I wasn't going to make it. And, uh, he, so smart as always, like always usual. funny. Yeah. It, everything that everyone loves about things properly. Yeah. Everything yeah. everyone loves about uncle Dave at the racetrack. He did the same thing on the podcast. Um, the military ID did get the speeding ticket actually knocked down because it was a little uglier than what they wrote me up for. And uh, I, I actually wrote it down on my phone, but I'm not going to go looking for it right now. And it was, uh, it was something else. But yeah, it was a, it's a great show. I, I would have listened to it if it wasn't my show. Maybe well, Dave and Aaron That's should have a podcast. <laughs> Thanks to the feedback. Probably. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Ian, you're sort of a listener. We're not going to put you on the spot and ask you if you, uh, if you, he, he uh, was when he was trapped in a car ideas. driving from Oklahoma to Colorado. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what I was going to what I was going to ask is, so what, what do you do if like two hours without, with notice your podcast partners like, Oh, I can't make it. Oh, uh, we record a different day because he's the one who does the recording. <laughs> Otherwise it's just be me talking to nothing. Um, <laughs> and nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. All right, we went, uh, we went eye racing, right? Did we? I don't know. I wasn't there. I was playing dad. Did anybody know anything about the lemons eye racing? No. Uh, it, it so the new season has started, and it's it's worth going to and checking out. We actually got some uh, listeners that have asked us about that, and I try to talk about the eye second racing, as well as our Monday like night leagues. But with the emerging from the Rona and travel, none of us really have had a chance to attend. So this Sunday, it is going to be Trash Series Sprints and the Gladiator, which is always hilarious. Uh, and I'm actually home for once, so I'm going to be in the announcers booth. I don't know if anybody else is going to be adjoining. Woo, woo. Uh, so yeah, so but it, it, if you're if you're sit at home on Sunday nights or you need YouTube for noise and you've already listened to this show, absolutely throw on the bearded sim racer YouTube channel and check out what they did or Sunday night 
joining them at Twitch. They talk, they chat on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all of that. It's worth watching. I am eagerly looking forward to the next installment of the roller derby. I think that is the greatest iRacing roller invention derby was ever. That was great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. But we should, we should explain what that is for the people who haven't been paying attention. So the roller derby is you are in teams of two and only one of the car's laps matter. And the person who isn't laps counting must is able to smash any of the other cars that they want to. And usually the Damn team, it. yeah, the, the, the one that matters is a slower car and then the blocker has a fast car. Yes. And the so damage you, is you off. Can, and so, you can choose yeah. to either duffend or offend, you decide. It was awesome. fun to watch. That was a good one. Uh, and, hey, did we what? do any racing for us? We had a race. None of us were there, but I set it up <laughs> and it existed because. Sure, people you know, won and hopefully life, they had a good right. time. <laughs> life gets in the way sometimes right now between sand and the whale and ground school and everything going on. It's a little, just not the right time for us right now, but Hey, we hope you all had a good time. And I'll say you are definitely worth the 38 cents it costs for each race. So we'll keep putting them on. Even if if you, I race up, on Mondays, matter. nine o'clock Eastern check-in hosted races for the E1R race. It is password protected. Contact us. We'll give you the password. <coughs> it's ST43. And, um, and the Discord link, because it's, it's only link, half yeah. as entertaining without the Discord link. And I can't cough the Discord link. So <laughs> no. It's fun. It's casual, easygoing, good times. You know who's worth way more than 38 cents? <laughs> I'm waiting. Is it Chrissy's mom and dad? <laughs> hey great job ian Thanks. yep see even did it. even even the new person knows <laughs> hi mom Boy. that's fantastic i need it on my bingo card <laughs> topic time i should have changed the bingo card way earlier because y'all having a blast and so <laughs> I, I have no internet in i'm not doing it i have a total uh, of two boxes so far oh come on Seriously. yeah i got a i got a crappy one too and i've oh, got yeah. like uh wow i have a uh, lot more than that uh by the way if you get bingo ian you're gonna have to tell us what you you're gonna have to scream bingo and say what you got just so you know Oh, uh, so yes. our main topic, we have Ian from Apex Adjacent, but that is not why we invited him. We invited him for his fantastic hair and his snowflake ways so that he could also tell us how poorly or well or how chewy, how uh, racing a Maserati by Turbo with a big spoon is fantastic and how it went at Hallett. And we're also going to maybe... Uh, depart some advice if you haven't been to the track in a while or maybe you're a sometimes racer mostly lap day guy and you want to get better at racing so uh we're going to start with hallett review tell me gentlemen how did hallett go uh i'll start so first of all hallett is an awesome track like it's super challenging um and uh and a lot of fun, but I think, you know, for our car, especially like, it's not easy. Like it, it was not an easy track. The learning the track was not hard. Like where to go was not hard. Like you kind of like finding the, the broad strokes of the line came pretty quickly to me, but 
fine tuning some of the corners was took a lot more work and someone yelling at me on the radio. <laughs> it is the yelling help yeah. actually. It did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He asked I, me too. And, and yeah. was this your first trip to Hallett? Yeah, I had never been to Hallett before. And um, um, the Maserati is actually a different Maserati than the one that I drove before. And it drives very differently. <laughs> um, and um, and I hadn't been in a race car other, you know, other than like doing like rental go-karts and track days in, in my Volkswagen. Um, I hadn't been in a race car in four years. Um, so it took a little bit of time to, to remember how things worked. Yeah. And, uh, for those of you who wanted to learn more about the Maserati, your dad was on our podcast on episode 180. Yes. So I just want to plug and I'll, I'll, oh yeah, I'll do the YouTube thing. I'll put it right up there somewhere. He, he won't and, uh, actually he put, put it right up there somewhere because he doesn't have the video file. I'll put it up there somewhere. I, I do. I've, you've you've oh, dropped out okay. twice. I know, but you're going to send it to me and I'll post <laughs> it. Yeah. What you have company. Yes. Uh, it, 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 what's, one you. of the things also that he was talking about is there is, it's, it's an older track and like many older tracks, it is very nuanced. You get the broad strokes down very quickly. What's particularly interesting about Hallett is the track will change as you're driving, depending on what the weather's doing. It was overcast and then the sun would come out and not just the dead pedal car, but all of the cars would suddenly get very loose. That wicked fast uh, Looney Tunes Mustang, we would watch him sideways out of every corner. There was a Porsche Boxster that was, you know, would be hanging the rear end out. And then a couple of the Miatas were dropping wheels as they were exiting corners. So you had to you would learn the line, the temperature would change, and then you would have to learn a new line. I think Chris, your hand was up first. Is Hallett the one that has no bridge? Correct. Like, so once you're in the infield, you're in. Like that's it. They would red flag if they had, or they would they would <clears throat> do a full course yellow, bunch everybody up behind the pace car if they needed to do the crossing. Yeah, and on that's the testing fun. day, we did a testing day on Friday, and they would just do a black flag and just kind of have everyone come into the hot pit for a minute and then uh, let people out. Mm -hmm. So uh, a question about this, the, the track changing drastically when the sun and things were out, was it like a really polished surface? Like how come the temperature or the sun was changing? So because of Oklahoma, right? I mean, sun comes out and the temperature changes by many degrees, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the weather in Oklahoma famously changes quite a bit pretty quickly. And it's also really humid there. And it just felt like it was just, everything was moist and greasy yeah. and, uh, and oh okay it was getting moist <laughs> it was very moist they um, also uh they drift there they do a lot of drifting so there's a rubber buildup that is very temperature sensitive yeah and then um the other very thing cool. too that was crazy that i thought was kind of crazy about this track is that it has a lot more camber um all of the corners have some sort of camber and more than any other track that i've been to like you know lots of off camber like suck you into the grass type corners <laughs> um and at one point i was telling mental on sunday it rained and uh especially when it first started raining and all of the oil and the rubber and all that was coming up out of it out of the uh tarmac and you'd get on the wrong line and if you were off camber it just felt like 
the whole car was sliding perpendicular. Like it, I told him it felt like when I got caught out by a spring snowstorm and I already had my summer tires on my car or something and you just start yeah. sliding. C- Camber is way bigger of a deal in a race car than it is in a regular street car. Like, you know, uh, and, and really I learned this and I know we're going to get to the, to the advice section a little bit, but you know, uh, the, the track walk, you know, feeling where the camber is and knowing what the camber is, is so important. And, and that rubber layer Ian, too. Yeah. Ian didn't get to do the track walk. He was still driving in. I, it, it reminds me, you had mentioned last week that you thought the track was flat and this is absolutely not. There's probably 750 feet of elevation changes. Yeah. Uh, on this track. It's, it's, it's in the Hills. It's, it's a beautiful place to watch actually. That rubber layer, especially, can nice. be so, uh, when it gets hot. But mm-hmm. like I've seen, for example, Lime Rock, when you cross the rubber layer in the left hander, you have you go from traction to no traction at all to traction again, and it very much is weather dependent. So, especially with drifters laying down a thick rubber layer, that's totally going to change with temperature, without a doubt. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, how did your race go? I I think the race went really well really well actually i mean we had a weird issue on saturday um with an electrical problem that we were wait wait wait. an italian car with an electrical problem (laughs) clutch my pearls i know right um and it turned out there was a lot of debate about whether it was like a bad battery a bad alternator or some of the they were now running a hall tech ecu and and coils on it and so there was some debate about like whether those were faulty or there was a ground wire or something and uh we spent what 15 minutes in the pit in the in the paddock um changing the alternator and in the course of changing the alternator we realized that the wire to the voltage regulator in inside the the, the alternator itself uh was was hanging on by like a tiny little thread of wire um so we were getting inconsistent voltage to the ecu and everything else so it was going all bonkers that, that'll do it yeah mm-hmm. we uh we also broke a hood pin oh that was fun that was was that saturday, that we, was saturday. we broke on a saturday year when your dad was out uh because right. we saw the hood kind of listing did, did at, at full throttle uh so that was uh a, a a rapid application of zip ties and duct tape. Yeah, uh, and then it broke again when I was out. The, the zip tie, <laughs> the, that solution failed somehow. I don't know how that could have failed. That broke when I was out, and I got the meatball flag. That was fun, um, and we actually had the Flagtronics uh, thing in the car, which was cool. Ooh, um, do you think? Yeah. Go ahead. What did you think? about the flag tracks i thought it was great we didn't have local it was no there was no local it was uh so it was like global flags and then that's a full course yellow right full course yellow or full course black flag or or checkered and green and all that but then um we did have car specific uh black flags and meatball flags Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got the, I got the, the orange globe uh, on my bash, which was fun. The uh, Sunday, I think that the, they figured it out because Sunday, not during my first step, but my second step, they were doing the regional yellows and it was interesting. Oh. It worked out. Yeah. I was too busy screaming that whole time. So <laughs> I have no idea what I was doing while I was in the car. 
But uh, for so Ian like, got to Ian got to drive the car roadkill style. We just yanked the hood off of it, and he uh, he tore yeah, back um, out of there like Mad Max. Yeah, that was entertaining. Mm. Um, and, and did I did yell it was funny when me? I got the meatball flag because it was like the meatball flag was on, but the hood was like halfway up the thing, and I'm already so low in the car that I could <laughs> that like I know, I know, yeah, I, I know it's broken. Yeah, thank you. Just rubbing it in at this point. It's like the passing flag in sim racing. (laughs) I know. I know. I know they're there. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Uh, And if you want us to jump into Sunday, are we just going to proceed? Because Sunday, you know, the the, mist started to return and we think there might be a heat soak issue with some of the electronics. So we were literally just cycling the power on the straightaway and fired it back up uh, as we would come into a corner. Yeah, that was wow. Yeah, that so that <laughs> stint on Sunday, man. So they handed they handed the car. So I got in the car. I was the third driver on Sunday. It was a seven hour race. We were, I think we were like kind of more down on our we were second in class. I think on Sunday, yeah and I, if you take the close. EC cars out we were top three. Well uh, when I got in the car, were we at that point? Yeah, because oh, you're, okay. you're, is it your uncle, Craig? Yeah, Craig, yeah. Crushed it. He was he's awesome. a crazy fast, consistent driver. He's, he's really good. The only thing with him is he'll sometimes, once in a while, he'll get red mist, you know, and he'll get himself into situations. He gets into to some scrapes. But otherwise, I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing driver. He really is. Uh, but yeah, he put us in a great position. Then I got in the car with and then we had to take the hood off again right at the beginning so i got in the car with the hood off and the rain was just about to start when i got in the car on sunday and then uh i I, I do want to tell the story the hood flew up on craig like as he was in pit lane it goes just yeah (laughs) yeah he had to stop in pit lane and someone ran out to the track and pushed it back down for him which was awesome yeah it's destroyed yeah it's, it's garage uh, art now. Yeah, it's very wrinkly. Uh, so he comes, he comes in with the hood all like askew on the car, and I get in, and they're like, they take the, the hood off the off the car, uh, and I go out, and the misfire at that point was clearing for I think because Mental drove first, he drove the first stint, Craig drove the second stint, and they were able to clear the misfire. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, yes, Jeff. You let Mental drive first twice. I was going to say, he just likes to get in. Um, He was the only one who knew the track. (laughs) Uh, That's true. If he's the only one who knew the track, I could see that. Yeah. And it turns out he was faster than us, so it worked out. Um, So I got in, and uh, the misfire had been clearing with a reset of either the ignition or the just the master kill switch um, up until that point. And then by the time I got in, that wasn't working anymore, and there was no resetting it so i was i spent the first few minutes of my stint on sunday like futzing with uh setting ecu settings we have a dial for ecu settings and all sorts of stuff to try to get while, that. while driving yeah, yeah uh, okay just so sure. and then also, there, there are 12 12 boost settings on that Haltech. it's actually kind of impressive it's pretty rad. It's yeah, a, it felt like a Formula One driver, except that I was gonna say it's like Formula were. One. Uh, move position switch three to position four, please. Yeah. Try that. 
that's exactly what I was getting from Dwayne, who's amazing. Uh, he's our our crew chief. This is and, now scenario uh, B. Scenario B. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Except for me, it was scenario P for poop. Um, so I was like, I was futzing around with that stuff, trying to get uh, some power back and trying to like get that to work. And meanwhile, I know like the rain is coming and I know like I'm driving super slow because I'm just fucking around with stuff trying to get it to work. And uh, the other complication I had was my buddy Big Spoon here. We, we made him on Saturday evening for Sunday. Uh, it worked in one way was that I was able to see the Apex and other cars, which was good. Uh, what was not so good was that I was above the, uh, it may be go like above the bolsters of the seat. So I was bracing <laughs> myself <laughs> to hold still. Oh, no. This is Chrissy's life. I, this is my life. life. But it's we also, used to have oh, the aluminum the seat. Worst. So the thing, so you couldn't tell because my dad was just on a Zoom call like this, but my dad is like the shorter one in his family and he's 6'1". And I am not. I'm 5'8". <laughs> So, so, so all these short round. Yeah. All Why these, did like, they just put like blocks on the pedals for you? They I don't know. They, you know, the, the rest of my family, the, my dad's side of the family is all Scandinavian and I am built like a, a, a fucking teapot. Uh, <laughs> so I don't fit in the car. I understand. I've been there. It's terrible. And then you get sore in weird areas because you are trying to brace and you're just like, why does my right butt cheek hurt so much? It's yes. because you find that you are just like holding your whole body to like around all the corners and you're just, yes. I the understand. Drive home. Via clinch. It's all clinch. <laughs> I will say the drive home was, was pretty painful because I, I was driving home from hell and I was like, I'm sore in a diagonal line. Like my lower left back was really <laughs> sore. And then my right shoulder was really sore. I was like, I'm either. there. Yeah. And then you get this big bruise on your arm and you're like, how, what, what is I hitting consistently? Oh, because I was trying to like stuff myself here. So I didn't slide yeah. around. Yeah. I'm, so I'm I was there. like trying to tighten belts and all and spin the dials and stuff like that. And then the rain started. Uh, so we had a full course yellow. And then the rain started for my stint and that was entertaining. Yeah. And I'll let, I'm curious. I'm curious. We didn't really talk about it mental afterwards. I'm curious to hear what, how you think that car handles in the rain, because I have some definite thoughts about the, it's balance and the, the, the handling characteristics of it. Cause it was pretty challenging for me at least. Yeah. Um, and I guess, uh, Chrissy, we're kind of stealing into your question of how the car was. Oh, sorry. Please. No, 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 That's no. That's great. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk okay. about it. Um, but so when I started, because you started, you got like the full spectrum, you know, just little annoying mist, all the oil and stuff floating up, you know, and then you got it when it started raining and washing the track away. And then it would rain hard, stop raining, rain hard, stop raining. So every lap was an adventure of trying to find traction and uh the to to play a little insider baseball with my my four co-host that maserati is what the tr could be if it was set up properly very short wheelbase gobs of power mid-range power when the turbos kick in instead of the supercharger uh i found it very balanced it is a short wheelbase. So, you know, here to here is perfect. 
to here is you're out of control. So you, you have to have nuanced pedal inputs, but once you kind of got that balance, I loved it. It was very consistent. Uh, and, you know, any sort of forced induction, mid-range forced induction is extremely addictive, especially when you're in traffic, because all you have to do is get that boost right where you want it and you pass everyone. It's an override switch. Loved it. Yeah. And I, I think for me, and this goes back to the knocking the rust off thing and where my frustrations is where like where I'm at with my driving is like, I feel like I can get in that car, especially to like eight tenths pretty quickly, you know? And like, I can, I can stay there, but then I have a hard time, like, especially like, especially in like faster corners and places where it's scary. Uh, like, you know, pushing past that. And like, yeah, if your butt's already out. clinching to hold you in the seat, <laughs> it's hard to clinch more when yeah. you're a little afraid. Right, right. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's my sort of personal frustration. Just, you know, overall as a driver is like, how do I get better uh, at closer to the limit? But, um, but yeah, like the, in the rain, it's crazy. Cause it, it under, you can feel it start to understeer. And that is really good. Cause like you can really, it communicates a lot when it starts to understeer, but you have to be pretty precise, like you're saying, like, cause if you lift off too much, it's going to spin. If you try to dial it out with like power oversteer, it's going to spin. You just have yeah. to be patient. Yeah. So- sounds like the TR. It's going to spin. If the, the, the Maserati wasn't built like with something a homeless man would find in the dirt <laughs> on the side of the road, which is and pretty much how the like TR And then he's just like, no, right. I can just put it back together. I could do, we could do this. We could do this. Right. It hasn't been ripped in half three times and welded back together <laughs> by someone who's half drunk at the track. But it, but it was built by Italians. So, I mean, maybe, maybe some of those yeah. things are still true. Between that's, wine that's possible. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I think one thing when you're getting the rest back off, you, you almost, you did the right thing and, and not trying to push too far beyond 80% because driving and, and a racetrack is like a skill. It's like playing the piano. You can't just not play the piano for five years and there's feel like you're just going to go do your thing like you did before. Like you, you're, you're missing that little touch. Yeah, sure. You can get through a song and it'll be okay if you're, if you were good at it, but you've got to work your way into it. And, you know, some of it, there's no replacement for seat time, but, but it can be something as simple as if it's wet and there's a safe place to do it in a parking lot, like go hoon around a little bit in the lot to feel where that limit is. Cause you're never going to f- like understand where it is and how the car reacts to it. If you don't experience it and you need to yeah. find a safe place to do that. Do, do you ever have low grip conditions out there in Colorado? <laughs> Once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Not with no, an R32, but does it? It's but not in the Maserati great. though. That's the difference. You, like, true, he doesn't yeah. have it with him. And yeah. and sure, I can go hoon around in the you know. Well, I was gonna say in the Mazda, but now it's a race car now. But you know, it doesn't <laughs> really translate plates. to the Civic. It's got, it's got right. plates, right? Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, so I so you're suggesting? Limit. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Ahead. I was gonna say I, I did find the limit pretty dramatically on Saturday. Um, that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot better to find it in a safe way when it's not. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you're not yeah. you're excited to be alive afterwards. You don't mm-hmm. need the poop hole yeah. for those. Yeah. Kind and of that, was, 
that was kind of how it was going is uh, we, we started with turn one and we worked on some corrections <laughs> through turn one, turn two, he actually had down pretty rock solid turn three was uh, it's very dependent on your exit of turn two turn four. He was turning a little early. We really got that set up. And I think that's what led to the poop moment because now he's coming out of turn four a lot faster. And then that enters into turn five. And the call I got was, wow. So that was a spin. Um, I'm just going to take these next couple of laps, you know, to myself, if, if that's all right, uh, just, you know, kind of, kind of settle my brain a little. And Smart. so I, I stopped talking for a couple yeah. of laps, <laughs> not on the spin on like a, well, that was too close for comfort. <laughs> I think I'll yeah. take a lap off and wiggle my fingers a little. Or and you claim to be Senna, and then one lap later you cut the grass all <laughs> that the never way bothered me. I was never there. bothered by that. It okay. did not scare me one bit. It was at one mile an hour. I'm in the grass. <laughs> I missed. I, I did also miss a few corners on Saturday and did some lawn mowing. That didn't bother me at all. Uh, as long I was like, is the car okay? All right, cool. But uh, yeah, my spin on Saturday was pretty entertaining. So turns four and five are like linked at Hallett. And five, uh, four is like a long, like right-hander. And then five follows immediately afterwards. It's a left-hander over a, over a crest. Like it, the track drops away from you after you get around, after the apex. I think that's fair, right? Um, and so like I had a really good line in the four and I carried a ton of speed into five. And I was like, oh, too much speed. And I lifted just a little bit and the back just, whoop, it just spit Snapped. me off. Yeah. And uh it was, I was, pretty, and, and yeah. we've actually, we have another car in RX seven, which is built by the same homeless man, not built by, but managed by the same homeless man that managed the TR and turned it into an absolute wreck that, you know, it, it, it was set up for sprint racing and it wasn't set up for endurance racing and it was very twitchy and it had to be dialed back. Like, you know, it may not set as fast a lap, but it will be much more survivable. Right. So, you know, like they're, 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 and I'm going to point to mental here because he's driven our cars. Was the Maserati too knife edged? No. For endurance racing? No. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, any, any mistakes? And, you know, uh, I had a minor off track excursion. And uh, I want to say Craig had a minor one too, because I remember pulling grass off of it, one of his pit stops. Those were all self induced. The car itself is actually just, yeah. it's, it's very highly intelligent people just literally tried to solve every equation. If Chris built a Maserati, this is what it would look like. Actually, if Chris built a Maserati, it was pretty sexy looking. If Chris, Chris built a Maserati and then turned the engine management over to his buddy uh, uh, who's given him the Corvette, this is like what... Like Hamsa. Uh, I, I will say that yeah. props to my family and, and Dwayne, especially like the, yeah. like the development of this car over the last four or five, ten years, whatever it's been, has been amazing because the first time I drove it, it was not like this. Like... It, there was a ton of, uh, especially under braking, it was terrifying. It would, at Road America was the first time I drove it. And coming into turn one at Road America, you'd hit the brakes and it would just go places, just wherever. <laughs> That's only a little terrifying because you're going very fast after. You have to slow yeah. down after going very fast, yes. Yeah, it's like 120 miles an hour at, you know, into, into turn one at Road America. And it would just 
wander very quickly all over the place and then it would do, have these weird handling characteristics where you would have like a, sh- a super sharp turn in and then understeer and then crazy oversteer on the on the exit um so it was like it was just a little bit of everything in every corner um and now it's like like mental said it's super predictable and mm-hmm. um all the mistakes were you know problem existed between keyboard and chair yeah and the, the Dwayne, the crew uh, chief actually forced everyone to go through. He had several different settings that he wanted you to work through on Friday during the practice to get everybody used to it, to the power delivery. And so he, in addition to managing the car, he was managing the drivers very well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I know it's down there. Does anybody want to ask about the team? I was just doing that, but I was on mute. Uh, tell us more about the team. Like we know there's, there's the, the, the guy who's really fast. We know there's you guys, there's Dwayne managing everybody. What's, what's the whole layout of the team like? Um, so I, the heart of the team right now is, is really Dwayne. Um, so one funny story is, uh, is my dad and his brother are kind of the, the history of the ownership of the cars is, is runs through them and they have been kind of the, the sole like founding members of the team throughout this whole thing. Um, it's my dad's car. Uh, and, and Craig has been a team member since, since it started. And he knows his way around that car. Uh, you know, he, he knows like his obscure little knowledge about every little part about that car. The thing not bashful though, at all about jumping under the hood with a wrench, even in his driver's suit. No, not at all. Don't wrench in the suit. That's the thing though about brothers being on a racing team. Oh, is I'm a- on a racing team with my brother. I'm about to fucking agree. And he's listening right now on YouTube. I can see you, Jim. Go on. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's good. Is that, you know, it's it's good to have a third person who's not related to you to tell you what to do. Because if it's left to the two brothers to tell everyone else what to do, they're going to disagree. And then they're going to shout contradictory information at you. Um, I mean, when's the last time I don't, Jim I don't and Jeff no. <laughs> yelled no. contradictory information? I don't no. can't even remember. No, literally fact, the, great. the first race I did with them, they didn't. Dwayne was not in the picture yet, and our average pit stop was like 14 minutes because the car. That's would, not a way to win. No, the car would stop, and then my dad and my uncle would start shouting instructions to the crew. <laughs> as the car was coming to a stop <laughs> and they didn't agree because of course they didn't They're their brothers and they don't ever agree. Uh, and so everyone was just running around like crazy. And now there's, you know, to my dad's credit, he's a very like type a personality um, wants to be in charge of things. Um, but he says when the car comes off the trailer, it's Dwayne's car and he's in charge and whatever he says goes, doesn't always take his own advice. I actually, we, but- we have, given this piece of advice a long time ago about having specific roles on the race team yes. for people who do what. And it's especially important when you have a lot of arrive and drives to be like, look, I, I need you kind of focusing on X. Or I need you focusing on Y. And when we have multiple cars, we have to have like, okay, so you're the you know head wrench on that and you're the gas guy and you're the tactics guy. So that way we all know who's doing what. Yeah, it's super important because otherwise, I mean, because I know like my instinct and I know mental's instinct too is, is to like, you you see something that needs to be done and you want to jump in and help, but sometimes it's not what needs to happen. 
Um, you know, and sometimes, sometimes you just have to let the personalities just sort themselves out and let them do. Like I know when we were packing the car up, my dad, at that point, the car was in the trailer. So it's no longer Dwayne's. And so the arguing resumes and, uh, <laughs> uh, and Beto was like, we should be helping. And I was like, just, just take a pause. Let's just wait. Let them, let them, ar- let them finish the argument. Yeah. And then we can help. And, uh, and, and, and just the tone, it, it's something you can't fake. The tone in his voice was one of deep psychological traumatic experience that says, I am about to save you so much therapy. Just stand here, drink your drink. It'll be so fine. Trouble. <laughs> well, we, we always describe mental as full of enthusiasm. Yeah. So more enthusiasm. Well, uh, or follow through. Um, but you also know this stuff oh. needs to be. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> From the left, shots oh, fired. Sorry, okay. oh, you already saying it. That's what I was just finishing. Oh, She's not lying. Uh, okay. <laughs> if, we, um, if we didn't tell you that to your face, I apologize if we say that behind your back. But totally now I have, sure so we have. whatever. Yeah, we definitely have. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but but he also knows he, he knows better than to stand around in our paddock because nobody stands around in our paddock. You you best be doing something. Somebody's always like, if you're standing there, clean something up. Chances are there's beer bottles from last night sitting on the counter. It's over there. Throw strong them chance. Very strong Do something. Chance. So when he goes into your paddock, he's like, all right, what do I do? Because he knows that pe- people don't. We just jump in. in We're place. okay with people jumping in. Rarely does anyone have a problem with anybody jumping in on our team. I now have a question about this. So talk to me about, you know, I don't have a ton of uh, experience racing outside of my family's team. How talk to me about crankiness level about like putting things back incorrectly in like <laughs> the trailer or the toolbox? Like what's what's the how I are, think do, we usually do they just... appreciate that you took the effort to put something back, or is it like you didn't know where that we would usually read my I think, mind? Yeah, I think a lot of times if if you're not sure where it came from, put it like on the workbench or like in the door of the trailer, but don't try to put it in the final place unless you know that's where it came from. Like, like unless you pulled it from there. Especially because... if some, sometimes we commingle. So we'll, we'll put a whole bunch of Frequently. things in the, and somebody will say like, this, this doesn't look like your wrench. And I'll be like, no, that's it. So you just keep a whole pile of it until you figure out where it goes. And there is usually a, a designated place where this goes here. If you don't know where it goes, uh, but Chrissy's on the floor. Favorite, yeah. On the, <laughs> it goes to floor. Chrissy's favorite phrase is what are you looking for? Because she can't she stand packs. people rummaging. She can't stand people. I can't rummaging. stand rummaging, kid. If you, I'll tell you what, because you're wasting time by just looking through every drawer. Just ask me what you're looking for. I know. Sorry, not sorry. It's how it goes. Uh, Ian, let me say. Let me say. Yeah. I appreciate anyone that puts the tools back in the general area, but I am a mess. I mean, look at my. Uh, you can't see my desk from here, but it's a total mess. Do you say that you have but, Wakeman problems? But no, yeah, no, I'm not saying weekly problems. No, but what I'm that, saying that is, that box got checked the three times yeah. he's dropped out of this feed. I think. Yeah, that's true. But I want to put my tools away so that I know that they all got into my box. Okay. So like all of my things are labeled, so I know if there's a wrench missing or a socket missing. So I would never yell at someone for putting my tools away, but I would go back and rearrange just like I do when my wife loads the dishwasher. So you're passive aggressive about it is what you're saying. Not passive aggressive. I'm just like, I have to go look. I have to go look. 
It's all yeah. good. I will say, so this is the pitfall of, of doing a team with your family. It's like, I got scolded this weekend for putting uh, wire cutters back in the drawer that was labeled uh, pliers, snips, and cutters oh. instead of the drawer that was labeled wire cutters. Oh, no. No, no. no. no I, I, let's have some court here. Uh, order the court. Please raise your hand if you think Ian was right. I think it's a very reasonable thing to do. Yeah. It was the first one I saw that said the word cutters on it. So I was like, okay, this is where they go. Yeah. My, my, uh, my, the, the drawer that I have is actually labeled that I was thinking, and it says pliers and stuff. So it would have been right. Yeah, it's not like it's Homs's pit where it's you know labeled anal probes and sunshine sticks. I mean, those boxes really he does have sunshine sticks. They're not labeled that, but that's awesome. Um, but he does have boxes full of stuff that don't make sense. So there's that too. All right, what's next? Oh, I lost track. Did, did, did we, what question didn't we get to yet? Are we ready to go to rust removal or are there more questions about the trip? I think I we're on think, rust removal. I think Chrissy should... Uh, just for for everyone to have a good takeaway, her uh, her basics there. Oh, well, Wait, I'm gonna. We're not there yet. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Intro All to right, So, uh, Ian, you uh, we heard that you were looking for tips, and we thought about uh, two different ways of of giving you tips uh, because we don't really know a, a ton. But what we do know is uh, is this in how to this do weird it wrong. Thing. We know how to do it wrong. We know how to do it wrong. We know endurance racing and we know like, it's a different thing than a lot of the things that you've done. Cause you're, you're, uh, we're going to probably start here, but, um, you said you hadn't been on track for a very long time. Uh, it was a new Maserati and it was a new track for you. So we love to help new people get better. So we're going to, we, we took a flyer without really knowing what your concerns were. And we wrote some tips, some okay. tips and tricks. So, uh, but why don't you first, Charles, uh, you told us about some of the concerns. So I'll, I'll review new car, new track. Uh, rain was definitely a concern. Um, and maybe some, some handling characteristics. So wh where, wh what was your mindset going in? Give us the baseline. Yeah. So going in. It had been four years since I'd been in the race car. So that was number one. So like getting like the gear all set and I had to like refresh my helmet and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I got all that done and then getting there, like I said, the, the car was totally different from the last time I drove it. Um, so getting in, going into the car, I was really nervous about it because it was, it's a different, it's a definitely different handling characteristic even now than what I'm used to. But like before it was very like pointy, you know, um, which is kind of intimidating um, when you're just like not when you're a novice driver. Like I've done a half dozen, maybe endurance races and then track days and that's it. Like I've never had any like instruction um, of any sort. So just sort of learning as I go. Um, but and so it was like a whole I was just nervous you know um so and you definitely don't want to wad up your father's like fantastic car no because not only would i feel guilty but then i would have to hear about it 
at every Christmas and <laughs> Thanksgiving. Oh, not even eternity. every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I say, if he yelled at you about wire cutters, you're just gonna get a random text, <laughs> a, a picture of a wrecked race car. It's just yeah. sadness, <laughs> just like sad emojis over and over again. Right, but also my family's fairly competitive. I'm sure, Pencil, you got that from from the vibe. Um, so you know, it's a competitive thing. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be slow, and I want to ruin the race. You yeah. know, I don't want to ruin a, a a chance of winning. Um, so. You know, there's that. So there's a that lot of pressure. pressure. Was that the, was that the understanding that this was going to be a competitive weekend where you were going to go for it, or was this like, hey, we're just having fun? No, no, fun. Competitive weekend. <laughs> competitive. Yes, yes, yes. Is, uh, yes, yes. You know, Wait, next, we, we, we next have time you talk to my who... dad, we and, so and I could I could actually shed some non-relative light on this. I think Ian has to go take care of something real quick. Uh, and you talk about, you know, they, uh, the Peterson family is very Midwestern. Um, their default counterance is smiles. They're just, you know, they're nice people. If you showed up at their house, you're going to get, you know, jello salad out the yin yang. And I think we even talked about how uh, during, when, when one of his relatives passed away, there was an entire table at the church of nothing but jello salads. So they're, they're very, <laughs> very nice, happy, polite, wonderful, wonderful people. But was there loose meat sandwiches? <laughs> I always not, wanted a loose meat sandwich. <laughs> not at the track, uh, okay. but I'm sure that they know a place uh, down there. But in this very, you know, uh, Midwestern, you know, no harsh you know, words kind of a deal uh, on Sunday, Eric came over to me and said, I want a trophy. I want a podium. And this is as it is. Wow. I'm standing outside trying to get you know, my head onto the track. It's pouring down rain. And he goes, I, I expect a trophy. So it wasn't like angry competitive, but it was just kind of this you the expectations were very clearly laid out that if the car was running it was expected to run and that's ian's dad eric correct yes. it was expected wow. to run quickly uh, yeah we've so. been calling him your dad since i just wanted to make sure the podcast <laughs> listeners oh, right. knew who we were talking about when he said eric said so so yeah so the so the expectation was we're gonna f and win yeah. well yeah or come close yeah i mean yeah or you know we want that's that's the goal right it's not I don't think anyone, I don't think we really expected to be on the podium, honestly, on Sunday, because we were fighting, we were managing so many things. <laughs> Mental thing. um, I, I knew when I got could, the car, I, I knew we could was, catch the Mustang. If it rained, I knew we had it. Well, and that was one thing that actually helped the rain in the long, like looking back as like kind of challenging as it was in that stint and for mental stint, I'm sure it was challenging too. Like um, the, the rain helped us because we were so down on power. Um, if it had stayed dry, there's no way we would have we would have gotten a podium. There's no way because the the other thing was that the other teams, you know, I was like, it was interesting to watch. I, I talked to Mental about this during the during the weekend. Like you can you could really see people's body language through the car sometimes, and to watch some of the other teams' body language. Uh, as you're following them around in the rain was really interesting. Like, especially like the, uh, some of the Mustangs just staying on the same line that they've been running in the dry and still just tail hanging way out, you know, like on it 
um, was crazy. It was it was insane because I I don't know I was hunting for grip everywhere I could find it and they were just like I don't know I'll just stay on the same line yeah yes it, and it uh, it should be mentioned our class was literally all Mustangs one Firebird us yeah 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 and then there was like an EC Mustang like I don't know if you know this but uh the, the rain started during a full course yellow when I was in the car. And uh, I was behind this very, very cheaty, uh, like 2005 Mustang that showed up at the track. And um, uh, he, the flag went green on the last corner and he dropped it like immediately, just spun it right (laughs) off the track as soon as the green flag (laughs) dropped right in front of me. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die because... Yeah, they were yep. so much faster he, than us. He did what Mustangs do. Yeah, yeah. yeah so don't worry uh, about them. I'm going to open the floor to whoever has some tips and tricks for someone trying to knock the rust off. Uh, I said kind of this before, but it's it's true. Don't try to set the world on fire your first time out. Don't try to prove you haven't lost anything. You're no one on the team is going to appreciate when you spin the car off or break something because you're trying to be a hero. Everyone's going to appreciate that it comes back in, in one piece and you're doing reasonable lap time. So build up gradually stick to that 80%. If you find time, you can push a little bit. Great. Do it. And something you were just talking about, I think was a great point is you said you could start to see people's attitudes through their cars, which is so true spend some of that time driving at 80% learning who's out there this weekend. Who do I have to worry about? Who is fine? Who I'm going to get just going to go by and not think about who is just has their head up their ass. And that will help you in that the rest of the weekend to stay out of trouble. So that's a great way to go. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Cause there was definitely a list that I had going in my head of like, if I see them in my mirror, it's just an immediate point by and lift. Cause like, yeah. I just don't want to yeah, even get deal that with you. asshole out of my way. Please go away. Especially yeah. winners and, and the people that you know are just going to be more aggressive. They, they want to get around you as fast as you want them to yeah, be around well, you. So there's, there's, there's the fast cars and then the people that think they are the fast there's, cars. That's, that's okay. And the second group is much more dangerous than the first, the first ones that go by you without, you don't even like know where they're there. And all of a sudden, Oh, okay. And then they are, and the other ones are the problem. Yeah, because they planned that pass two turns ago. They knew exactly where they were going to get around you. Oh, yeah. 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 Actually, that was one of my pieces of advice. And I'm going to jump on it since Methel brought it up. Um, knowing that you are a track day guy and have done a, a lot more track recent track day recently um, in, in a lot of track day, I think the mentality is catch up to the person, then plan your pass. If it's a slower person. Because they're going to point I, you by, duh. And I and I think that's that's a that's a that's a tactical mindset that does not work in endurance racing. In endurance racing, you have to be much more cognizant of planning passes at different parts of the track for different people. So once you know that you're going to be able to pass that Miata, you also have to know that oh, but they were good at that turn and bad at that turn. Yeah. So looking, I think looking at the like also in track day you look at the track you race the track 
you look at your you look at your apexes and your exits and your entrances and you're constantly thinking how do i do this turn as best as possible that's sometimes not the right thing to do in endurance racing it's catch that person leaving this turn instead of entering this turn because i know i will leave better than him so i can let off now so that i pass him where he's weak then you also need to add in the faster horsepower more horsepower cars and and faster corner cars, right? So if you're going to go through a corner, you need to know that I can't, if my next car that I want to pass, there's a short straight and they're a Mustang or they're a full, you know, one of the, a car that can go get ahead of you down the street, you're going to have a harder time getting around them in a corner because, you know, just depending on what kind of cars around you too. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more chessy. It's a yeah. lot more multiple moves. Chessy. Yes. Like chess, Chrissy. I'm sorry. A word that you made up yeah mental. yes mental i'm gonna call on people now <laughs> usually we just point yeah so yeah chris chris put this in there and i don't know if he was gonna get to it uh in a bit but he says work up to speed not down and then uh and i we put in there don't begin by focusing on your lap times because it's 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 not a healthy measure if you can not so much an obsession with your time, but being able to do the same times because that makes you predictable and that helps with strategy. Uh, you know, getting up to speed, learning the track, learning the car. But uh, going from Friday when we were doing the practice session, and then by Sunday, even in the weather, you were faster in the wet on Sunday than you were Friday in the dry. What do you think was your biggest gain? Um, I think, I mean, mostly confidence, honestly, and knowing the track. Um, like just knowing where the track went i don't think i was faster i don't think my lap times were faster i think they i were. was well i think once the i was looking back at them i looked no. at the they published the lap times and i after no. the rain started i think my best time was like a 207 after well, the, pouring the rain, rain doesn't started. count drizzle you know yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah so but, but if, i mean i i would say like as a relation to the rest of the team for sure i was definitely closer to everybody when I was in the wet than because I think I, my best time in the wet was a two Oh seven, um, which is, a, I think uh, like a second or two off of what you were. And then I think in the drive, I was like six or seven seconds off. Um, something like that. You, you got it, but that was the day prior. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'd yeah. gotten in the one thirty sevens on Sunday in the dry early in your stint. Right. Before yeah. it started sputtering. And uh, that was about five seconds off uh, what your uh, uncle and I were mm -hmm. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still, those five seconds are frustrating for sure. But uh, so, I don't, I feel like. But I feel good about that. But also like they, you shouldn't feel bad about that. There's plenty of times where I'm like, I'm doing that and I've been driving consistently for 10 years. And so I feel like there's plenty of tracks that are days and I I don't know. I don't yeah, worry. Like what Mantle just said, like, don't worry about the track times, especially if you're trying to figure out how to go. All right. So I'm going to jump in because Mantle skipped over me. So I'll go. Um, so, so here's some back to basics uh, that I think are a, um, are a good thing to, uh, they're actually something that I do every time I get in, ra in the race car. So um, actually I had taken, I had not been in a race car for a good, uh, um, not almost a year, but I mean, I, I hadn't been in since August and 
got back in in April. So, you know, a, a good long time. But every time you get in, it's just like all the things you said that you do when you get in. So you have to say like, oh, this is how my helmet fits. And oh, here's how my uh, suit fits. Like, I think all of us had suit problems when we got in our suits. Anyway, um, they're like, oh, my quads are a little bigger than they were before. Anyway, so COVID gut. Uh, <laughs> right. Something like that. So <sighs> Uh, so my, what I'm trying to say is when you get in the car, you have to remember all the things that you used to remember. So um, one of my favorite things is uh, make a mantra. So if you are doing a corner well, uh, my mantra, one of my mantras, especially at Pittsburgh, was um, modulating the gas. I'm used to sing a little song about modulating the gas. Instead of breaking in corners that you don't need to, I just sang a song about modulating the gas instead. Um, so things to remind yourself of what you're supposed to do. Um, eyes up is one of my biggest things. I will go around for, you know, even especially like at a testing day, I'll go around for the first time and I'll realize I'm looking at each apex, looking at the track. I'm trying to figure out where the marbles are. I'm looking down and all of a sudden I'm just like, oh, I should be looking around at cars, corners, flag stations, right? You like, you just have to remember that that is one of those things that is very important, but sometimes it takes a couple laps before you remember that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, and what, yeah, figuring out where the bumpers of the cars are and, um, and, you know, making sure that you're looking through traffic and brake lights. And, you know, there's just a lot that you should be looking around and uh, reminding yourself that you're supposed to be doing those things. Turbo power. Yep. I, turbo I, power. We do that too. I just mentioned that Chrissy's not the only one with mantras. I also sing songs. This is not a weird thing. Mine are sometimes different. They're usually like, go later, go later, go later now. Turn, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go now. So Some of mine are screaming at myself. There's that too. But um, but yeah. yes, I, I think I, it's... I didn't sing until Chrissy started telling us that she sang. And now, despite my best efforts, I catch myself singing in the car. I uh, There was a... They were pitted next to us, uh, Miata. And early on the day on Saturday we were faster than him, but I was just not as aggressive because it's the first stint and he got around me. And as we're going down the straightaway, I remember singing, you won't make this stick. And I got back around him again. That was where, that was the, when uh, we were talking about, you could see the attitude of the driver <laughs> through the car because I was watching a uh, mental stint from the grandstand. And it's a great spot uh, at Hallett where you can watch turn nine, which is a crazy, like, uh, it, there's like a chicane that you that uh, immediately precedes it that you can kind of like if you get it right you just go through and it's blind and you just like mat it through there and then use the chicane as your breaking point and then you go up the hill out of nine. off camber uphill right hand turn it's fun um, and I could see there was a there was him and that Miata like dicing for like half a lap before that and you can see half the track from where I was sitting and uh, there was a 240 in front of them that was having all sorts of adventures off the track. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they had another adventure right at turn nine, right in front of where I was sitting. And you could see the two cars. It was Mental and the Miata. You know, as the 240 was off having its adventure, the Miata was like, my chance. And like pounced, right? And Mental was just like, I'm going to sit this one out. Like you could just see it happen. And, you know, just from the body language of the car. And then the 240 comes back on the track and because mental lifted the 240 and mental were, were now side by side going into the final turn that leads onto like the longest straight of the track. And the attitude of the car of the Maserati just completely changes. And it's just like, motherfucker, no. Like, we're not doing this. You were in the grass 10 seconds ago. 
is mine now. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I love that. The attitude attitude of the car is exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about who's who and who drives what and who does what. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you cannot win an endurance race in one turn, but you can sure as hell lose it. For sure. And sometimes the better part of valor is lifting and going, go ahead. You can have this one. I'll get it back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone else jump in with something. Mental's got dogs going. Sorry. Can I say can I say one thing that I noticed about my own driving on Sunday? Yeah. So I realized, so I took I was talking about like a large part of my stint was like futzing with stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna I need to take like one lap or a couple laps to just like head down and like concentrate on actually driving the track. And uh I realized that I was doing this thing where I had the important points of the track like kind of mapped out in my head of like, I need to really concentrate on doing this thing here. Yeah, you hit that do... apex break at this place. Right, that's that stuff and around the corners. And I realized as I was like doing that, I was going through my rhythm of that, that I was just like driving to those places without thinking about it. Mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. like not being flat in places where I could be flat and just like losing time, even in just like, corners where i was like oh this corner is not as important and i wasn't like concentrating on it because i was like getting ready to think about the next one um so i don't know how to i need to work on that like figuring out where i'm just like driving to a place instead of like attacking the place that i'm going to that's interesting i talk a lot about um segments like thinking about segments you know like don't think about the whole track think about this three turn combo Right. And don't think about this. Think about this, you know, like where you said where the S's and the left and all that, you know, like thinking about them together and then just where you matted in between, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know the track enough to really know what, you know, how to do it. Go ahead, Mental. And that was one of the things we ended up talking about on the radio. Uh, he would come down the main straightaway and turn one. When you've got it, you've got it. It's, it's not excessively complicated. It just takes a little faith in the car. But he was thinking already about turn two or going down the straightaway. So there would be this audible lift. Mm. Then the brakes. And, you know, no, dude, you're on the gas till this marker, then brakes. And that immediately was a two second gain. And it still gave him the time. But it, it you do kind of get lost in thought. And you, it's important to think ahead, but you still have to remember where you are. And I think a lot of people who don't endurance race don't think about getting lost in your mind or getting lost on the track or, you know, take a lap off like that's there's no SCCA like sprint racer who would ever take a lap off. But sometimes you need to do that to reset yourself in an endurance race. I feel like we could go on this for hours. Yeah, I was going to say, anybody have any last points before we move on? Just one quick one. Chris was talking about, you know, uh, knowing, uh, learning the teams, even though, you know, the team, you may not know the car. What do they do to the car? Did they go and do some driver's training? Battle scarred was out there with one of their crown Vicks chesty. And instead of having the hundred drivers that they rotate through, they brought four four of their regular guys. They missed, they lost second gear on Friday. And in a giant crown Vic with no second gear, they matched our best time in the Maserati. And in the wet, I watched that car take me on the inside and then pull me for a half a lap. And 
we had kind of written them off as a great fun team, but not really wheelmen. And no, all of the folks that they brought with them were wheelmen and they were skilled. They were good. They got that big crown Vic around and they were still being battle scarred, having a good time. So if you've been away for a while, you may not know everything that's going on. So be open to learning. That car was amazing to watch in the wet. Yeah. I love that. Like, it would start to slide and then they would have like, it was the exact opposite of our car where everything happens very quickly. And, you know, they would have like a minute of like sliding. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It's like, ah, I know I'm going to crash in this turn. It's coming. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, I'm no, sliding. but they, 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 they're Hope like, I can no. catch it. They're, they're like, I'm going to go ahead and induce this slide. Check the radio. I wonder what's for dinner tonight. And the slide's going to catch right here, perfectly at the apex, all throttle. Yeah, here we go. It was great. Uh, Can I say one one last thing about our team that I think was cool was that because everybody either had never been to the track before or had never been in the car before, we were all very open about like sharing information. Um, And that was a huge benefit. I know it was to me like just sharing sharing info about the track and sharing info about the car and like you know oh watch yourself here in when it gets greasy or whatever um and you know there was no one like we we were kind of lightly jostling there was some light jostling for fastest lap time but it wasn't to the point of like I'm not going to share information with you which was cool yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that's kind of baseline for our team and uh, shout out to Chris, even though he may think every idea is his, this is, that's a, that's a callback from earlier. Well, thank you. That's cooler. what that's called. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Got it. You're got welcome. It. Okay. Um, but, but Chris has always set the tone that we are always instructing each other and everyone can learn from everyone and every moment is a moment for improvement. So it doesn't matter what we're doing. We are, it doesn't matter how many times we've been there. We always do a group track walk and it doesn't matter who's leading who or who's talking about who, if we're in that thing. And I say, Oh, Chris, I'm kind of feeling here, even though he knows he's faster than me, he listens to what I have to say. And we talk it out. Like there is never a time where we are ever hiding information from each other or like, I want mental to beat my time even though it pisses me off when he beats my time, I want him to beat my time if he is after me, because that means we've improved. Same. Yeah. All the way back to standing at the pit wall at seven point as we'd go by holding the sign up. We said, this is before we had radios. We just had a whiteboard and we write rude messages to each other with the laptop time from the last time just to to keep pushing each other it was fun exactly (laughs) yes that definitely Uh, happened many times yeah and we definitely don't mind i mean a good natured ribbing is always possible and i know you can be faster that sucked get your ass moving you know like that's that do not pit yeah do not pit well that's all do not pit is real i'm saying all the other stuff (laughs) is not you know is is just making fun but yeah, if you're not instructing each other as a team as you go through, you're missing an opportunity to improve everybody's time. Yeah. Awesome. Have we got everything? Anything else for the good of the order before we move on? 
It's time for, I'm sorry, Ian, you're not going to get just the tip from Chrissy tonight. Oh, because we have a hella sweet or a butt terrible, which if in case you haven't listened to the show and it's been a while, I think I think we've done done one of these um, where somebody brings up an idea that they have and we go around the podcast and everybody gets to say whether they are being an idiot or whether that's a pretty good idea. All right. So um, I am in the hot seat tonight. I have a hella sweet or but terrible. Um, if you haven't been following along, I'm about to sell my mighty 2012 Mazda 3. Now with clean I'm headlights. Tired of it. It is 180,000 miles. Smells like that, soup. It, it's, no, I wouldn't. Yes, it does. By the weekend, it won't. Um, and before that, I had a Mazda Protege 5 with 225,000 miles. So it's 300,000 miles in basically the same car. And I want something faster. And I want a Veloster N, but they're impossible to find. Chris, is there anything worse than a Nissan? Is there any decision that I could be thinking about? A Mitsubishi. That's what I was going to say. I would not go in there. You just asked if there's anything worse. We just gave you one. What Nissan? I'm going to drive. And no, I'm not. No, not all of them are terrible. No, no, this is this is where I'm going to start the fight, and it's going to be. Oh, he's going to say Kia. It's going to be between Chris and Ian. I'm going to drive a GTI. Is this a hella sweet idea or a butt terrible idea? Around the table, am I Ian crazy for even thinking Volkswagen is a good choice? No, but it's not hella sweet or butt terrible because it's it's a Volkswagen. So it's inherently neither of those things. <laughs> and a and little both. bit oh, This is great. <laughs> You're such a great salesman. I love this. Right. This is, like it's not. It's, oh, this is and, great. and for those who might not listen to your podcast, what do you, what do you have? You have in, I have a Volkswagen 2000, 32, 2004. Four. Okay. I was going to try and think which generation it was. And yeah. oh, he has two, he has two Volkswagens. He has two I do Volkswagens. Have two, I do have two Volkswagens. Yes. Don't, doesn't your like wife or you daily drive like a wagon of some sort, a long roof for life? Yeah. We have an all track, a Volkswagen all track. Um, but I needed, I'm coming down off of boring, off of not a, a not boring car as a family car. And so I needed something boring. This is my rebound from uh, a 2008 Saab Turbo X wagon, which was rare and fast and cool and full and of broken all the time. <laughs> and, and you're so saying the Volkswagen is, is an improvement of broken down all the time. Oh, absolutely. It has a warranty. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. did. It does it now, does it? All right. So well, the all I, track. I, the all track does. The, oh, okay, the, okay, okay, the okay. 2004 is just that goes uh that goes to the mountains uh in the winter to take me snowboarding and do, do drifty drifty drifts. And then uh and then it goes to the track and that's pretty much it. So so you're saying drive the GTI and contemplate it. Yeah, but there's more fun options, right? I mean you could get a Fiesta ST. You could get a. Um, oh, you obviously get, haven't been listening to this. I, I uh, drove. This no, I haven't driven a Fiesta here. ST. I drove a Focus ST, and I hated it. Yeah, Dri- well, Fiesta is a different Fiesta. car. Yeah, it's yeah. a totally different car. And and there's also uh, the Kia. I can never remember, but the, basically there's a Kia, uh, uh, like competitor to the the GTI. It's not as fast, but you can get it with a stick 
and it was i drove it on a track uh, to, at a press event and it was hilarious like it does like lift off oversteer and the whole thing it's the, like the gia the kia whatever the hatchback gt hmm. is entertaining so so i just got to check do all of your window switches work in your volkswagen right now yes yes it's the kia rio uh -oh. <laughs> the kia rio hatchback all right uh, i'm gonna say i would i really want a gti to be a good car like because they're so like they're nice to drive they look good i just feel like i cannot trust it and you are the biggest volkswagen like joker of all anytime oh. any of our friends are like they're volkswagen's friend you're like oh yeah it's your window switches how's this how's that right it realistically you just need to not buy anything until this craziness settles down you need to drive the corvette all summer which real bit real hardship huh yeah drive drove it to work today right and and okay there you go and then it's not when, like you don't have things to drive yeah when this ridiculousness calms down you get what you actually want instead of compromising mm. again. So wait, so hold on. You, you have a Corvette. So this is your, so you have a fun car. I'm assuming you have a family car. Let's my, talk my about wife all has the a cars. Corvette. <laughs> this is the trouble. My every time every, there's something wrong with the Corvette is every time I'm driving and I put my foot down on the gas over here in the passenger seat, I hear don't wreck my car. And so that's, that's we can the solve that so, though by taking her like to a track night. You don't need to buy yourself a car. You need to buy your wife a car. She has a Subaru. Yeah, she's got a Subaru. Well, she's you got need to buy your wife a faster car. If that's what she wants, wrong. though, like she, she didn't buy. She's well, the backstory is she didn't buy the Corvette, so she, she inherited, inherited the, the she inherited the Corvette. So it's not that she wants to go yes. fast. It's it's actually don't wreck my mother's car is what I hear from the passenger yeah. seat. Oh, so, so you're driving your mother-in-law's Corvette? Got it. Pretty much, yes. I had a hundred more confused than when we started down the Atlantic City <laughs> Expressway with a twenty-seven Mustang GT. That was fantastic. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think don't buy anything now. It's a terrible time to buy a car. You're going to overpay. It's awful. That's why you're selling now and you have other stuff. You're going to get to work just fine and do all your errands just fine in the Corvette and the truck and you'll be no problem. Great. Yeah, you're spend a little more on gas, but who cares? It's going to more than make up for the fact that you're not buying in the heat of a market. Doesn't the Z have a title? Can't you put tags yeah. on the Z? It doesn't have headlights or directional signals. It just needs headlights put back in. They'll bolt back in. It left all the wires. Or put, no, put no, driving lights yeah, on no it. No turners. Just put driving lights on it. Oh. I, I, I think don't buy anything right now. Don't you know buy what anything. you want. You know what you want. I do. Get it. I do. Get it when the time is right to get it. Don't Ian, I test it. drove one and it is fantastic. If you can find one in a press fleet or if you get a chance. A Veloster? The Veloster N is, is I, pretty damn amazing. I want to drive one so bad. It looks so cool. Yeah. I want one. Yeah. All right, Mental Chrissy, any changes and thoughts here? One last I, thing. I, I have a thought, but yeah, go ahead, Chrissy. One last thing. Your automotive lifestyle is not conducive to a European car. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't change the oil. I don't do any like maintenance, maintenance. at all. 
Cleaning, I don't wash don't, them. Don't do any yeah, care no, of it, right? No, yeah. This is why no. you're spoiled by Mazdas that have just been like, yeah, whatever. And they just work for a quarter million miles. That's not European car lifestyle. And I, I know from experience, you're That's, not going to, it's not going to end some, well. Some heavy truths. I will say my R32 has been pretty reliable. You're not, say, you're not I, Jeff. You're not Jeff at all. This is this is the problem is there are enough VW people out there who are like like Eric, the 914 lover, who's like, no, my Audi A4 has been fine. 250,000 miles on it, you know, Eric, 130. But Eric maintains his cars very well and takes good care of them. And it's very nice to them doesn't yep. spill soup in them <laughs> and, and, and should he he cleans it there are no yes. fast food bags filling the back seat I, and front I'm, seat no it's because he hasn't been over to our house trunk. yeah so yeah. that's why i i just can't recommend a european car for you i just can't yeah. chrissy I'm, I'm I'm trying not to go along with Chris, but I am also I so I was uh, in those stupid leadership classes that I attend because I have to. Uh, and today we talked about rational decision making uh, in a general sense. And uh, so the guy that was talking was you know going back and forth, and he, his his example was buying a car actually. And so he's trying to say like what kind of you know important family life decision are you making? And he kept coming back to making uh, buying a car. And I kept thinking about uh, just how much, how true it is for the cars that we've bought. So we bought, we said, you know, we went through how many wagons. I, I, we didn't even talk on this podcast about how much, um, how long and much of discussion uh, we had on trying to just figure out if my, if the the Mercedes wagon was the, the E400 was the right one for us. So all of that you know, picking your criteria, figuring out your alternatives, blah, blah, blah. I know that's textbook stuff, but it's all these things that you're like, well, why settle? Why just jump to the alternatives when you've already figured out what you want? Because then you're going to end up with it. And then you're going to be like, this car sucks in like two or three years. If you already know what you want, then just wait for what you want. Like that's like you totaled the only car you have. That's true. Which is how I ended up in the Mazda three is I, totaled the protege five and now a couple of years later you're annoyed and want to get something new uh and if you need something then one hundred and eighty thousand and nine years later but that's okay yep yep so mine is is also to wait go ahead mental so i'm going to go ahead mental i'm going to offer a difference of opinion but i'm going to agree with everyone else Go drive the Volkswagen. Absolutely drive it. If for no, in fact, and then also drive that Kia that uh, uh, Ian was talking about and go drive that Toyota, the Toyota Corolla hatchback, the sport version that they offer with a, a manual transmission as well. Drive all of those because the absolute best case scenario is it firms up your belief that you want the Veloster in. Worst case is you, you add some different criteria. Go drive the cars. Absolutely. The GTIs are actually the ones that are made in Germany at the Wolfsburg plant. So their their build quality is notably better from everything I've read on the internet. The internet would never lie. But Chris is 100% right. <laughs> Even a well-built German car is not a Jeff kind of car. And, and you do need something Korean, Japanese that you can just neglect. I'm not convinced your next car is going to be as neglected. I think you're going to, especially if it's what you want, you're going to take care of it. 
So go drive for the a little car. while. Yeah. Go drive the car. But everything Chris says is a hundred percent accurate and do not settle it. That's just life advice. You are a professional. You have gone to a lot of school. You have worked hard. You have gotten promoted. You take your job very seriously. You take care of your family. You take care of your life. You deserve what you want. Get what you want. Don't settle because you don't need a car. Don't buy a car advice around the table. I love this. This is like a car podcast, but don't go buy something. This is a level no, of thank you all. that I'm this just is... very uncomfortable with. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, speaking up, I'm glad he said something. We usually ask uh, our guests to, to pimp their um, social medias and how yeah. do people get a hold of you? Oh, what do you do yes. here? It's a little early for the music, Jeff, but you know. I know. I, I was going. I'm sorry. Apex okay. adjacent uh on all the media social and we're on the youtubes and things and then also check out my dad's um race team dead pedal racing they're on the facebook and they have a website deadpedalracing.net um so do that yeah that's it yeah you guys are my favorite woke snowflakes on the internet right now thank you yes i appreciate that (laughs) we got a we got a one-star review saying they didn't want to listen to woke snowflakes with less it was a less car knowledge than my dog and the one that doesn't care about cars. So that <laughs> as if he had multiple dogs, one of them cares about cars. One, one of, of the dogs cares about cars, but you know, less than the dog that doesn't okay, care. Yeah, about Cause cars. all my dogs are pretty much gearheads. They, yeah. li- they, they like the Mercedes way better than the Volvo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for being on. No problem. Yeah, awesome having you. yeah that's, Thank yes. you for having me. And uh, I'm hoping to, uh, I'm really, this is just a way of, to try to parlay myself into uh, another race seat someplace at some time. Absolutely. You, you want to race with these guys. They're fantastic. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we've did a show. Does anybody know what we're doing next week? Does anybody have an next show promo? No eh. planning ahead. Not our strong suit. <laughs> I think it'll probably be continuing one of those series that we have open, like the probably. roll cage series or the, the unless we the come up with something series. fantastic, yeah. which we yeah. really might spotters do it from the roof. I haven't forgotten about you. We're going to make this happen. It's going to be called. Oops. I bought a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Chrissy would puke uh, as being the only Volkswagen owner other than you on the podcast. Uh, Chrissy, how many Volkswagens did you own? Oh, I don't know. 30. I stopped hey. at 30. She used to I go to, she used to, go to H2O. One. She'd go to I H2O. I used to go to fest. H2O. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I shared a Zima with my friend. <laughs> well, nice. thank you, Ian, for joining us. And thank you, everyone who's listening, for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed Hi, this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We we'll hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. It's totally free. Then go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a one-star rating. Let me be honest, if you can be as funny as that guy. Uh, even if you hated us, give us five stars and tell us why. If you have any questions or show ideas, is drop a comment on our Facebook page, Everyone Racers, or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. I'm reading very fast because the music is about to end. You can still text us at 484-243-0455. Find us on Instagram or Twitter at Everyone Racers. Thanks again. Doodly do. Don't forget to doodly do. Until next. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell, hit the thing, talk to us on the doodly do down there. 
Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers. Thanks again. And until next week, keep the shiny side up, unless you're in that Maserati, which I bet is shiny on both sides because that thing was drop dead sexy. Still or is. just keep those wheels down.